Hello and welcome to the podcast English for Life in the UK. This podcast is for those people who want to improve their English by listening to native English speakers talking in a natural way about a range of subjects. Today I'm delighted to say I've got with me Laurie and Laurie is the artistic director of Northern Broadsides which is a national touring theatre company based in Halifax, which regular listeners will know is where our charity, the St Augustine Centre, is also based. So, Laurie, thank you very much for joining, for joining us. How are you today? I'm very well, Mark. Thank you very much for asking me. That's great. So tell us a little bit about Northern Broadsides. What is it? How does it work? What kind of sure. projects have you been involved in recently? Yeah, so the company has been going for 30 years um, next year. So next year's our 30th birthday. And it was set up to perform classic plays and new plays. So things like Shakespeare, um, as well as newly written plays in the Northern Voice so um, it had for a long time been the case that theatre in this country, particularly of Shakespeare and other classical writers, was usually performed in what we call RP, which stands for Received Pronunciation, which is the kind of accent that is associated with the Queen's English. So it's Southern, uh, it's got very clipped, short vowels, and it's how a lot of people might speak um, down south, um, but actually it's a very particular kind of way of delivering theatre. And there was an actor um, called Barry Rutter. I mean, Barry is a Halifax uh, man and still lives in Halifax. And Barry was very frustrated at the kinds of parts that he was getting with companies such as the RSC, which is the Royal Shakespeare Company and the National Theatre. So he set up his own theatre company called Northern Broadsides, and it was particularly to perform Shakespeare and other plays with in the Northern voice, in the Northern accent, and more specifically in Yorkshire, which of course is where Halifax is. This is a perfect follow-on from last week's episode. And if any listeners who are who are listening to this one who didn't listen to last week's then and you want to know more about different regional accents, then I'll refer you back to that. Great. So anyway, Laurie, tell us a bit more about what happened next. So um, I took over the company two years ago and um, still at the heart of our mission is to make work in the Northern Voice. But we've also started to think about what does the Northern Voice mean now and started to um, really develop the definition so that we're starting to think of the Northern Voice being about the identities and multiple communities that exist in the North. And obviously this country and the, um, Yorkshire and the North in general has changed a lot in 30 years. And we want to reflect that in the work that the company makes. So the first piece that we made uh, when I arrived was a Christmas piece called Christmas Broadsides. And Broadsides 
our traditional um, songs that for hundreds of years have been shared on pieces of paper or broadsides that uh, tell familiar stories, funny stories, folk stories, often rooted in old folk tales. And we took some of those and we worked with two um, Iranian musicians who we'd met through St. Augustine's, who were um, asylum seekers, um, who'd recently arrived from Iran. And we told their stories of arrival and how they left and what happened when they arrived here and interweaved them with the traditional Yorkshire stories. So that was our first show. Um, and it was an extraordinary thing to make, to include those stories of people recently arrived in Halifax with um, the talents of a wonderful folk singer called Alice Jones, who um, shared with us some of her hundreds of years old stories and songs. You didn't know this, but last week's episode of our podcast was specifically about regional accents in ah, the UK. Fascinating. And I spoke to a number of people with different accents. Yeah. And then we talked a bit about this and it, we talked about received pronunciation ah. and the Queen's English. So, so we've been busy, um, but we've had to change a lot of what we do. And we've just come back from Sheffield, um, where the Crucible Theatre is one of the country's foremost theatres. And we made four short plays by an American writer called Tennessee Williams. He wrote uh, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, Streetcar Named Desire. Both of those are quite famous films um, made in America in the 50s. And these were four short plays which we performed in northern accents. And we also turned them into short films. So that's what we've been doing recently. That's absolutely fascinating, Laurie. I, I knew some of that, but not all of it. Uh, made by artists from throughout the North about the experience of lockdown. And then we made a piece outdoors in the Peace Hall in Halifax with 20 young people called The Aftermath. And that was a dance theatre piece done choreographed by two um, wonderful artists, also are based in Hebden Bridge as part of a, uh, what we call Digital Squad. And they were 12 short 10 minute films. Really interesting. So what other projects have you done recently or are you in the process of planning at the moment, Laurie? Yeah, so we then made a show called Quality Street. And this is a play by J.M. Barry. J.M. Barry wrote Peter Pan. Um, but Quality Street is a play that has been forgotten largely. So um, because Quality Street are the chocolates that are made here in Halifax in the factory and are one of the uh, UK's, I think actually the UK's favourite chocolates, I think, um, that we decided that a play called Quality Street should probably be explored. So when I started to do research, I actually discovered that the chocolates had been named after this forgotten play. So uh, it, the play had been such a huge success in the West End and on Broadway back in 1920s that they'd made these chocolates after them. And if you find some quality street, they still come in these tins or plastic containers, purple, and they've got a, two figures on them, a, a soldier and a woman. 
And those are actually the two lead characters from this J.M. Barry play called Quality Street. So we made that production to go on tour and we worked with six women who'd all retired from the Quality Street factory in Halifax. And we showed them bits of the play and we told their stories as well through the drama. Uh, and we were on tour with that when COVID hit. So we did four weeks um, here in Halifax, Manchester, um, Bury, and uh, Lancaster, and then COVID hit. And we were just about to open in Liverpool and we had four more months of the tour to go when all the theatres were shut down. Mm -hmm. So that was, you know, it's been a difficult time for everyone, hasn't it? Um, but for theatre companies, we really had to reimagine and rethink what we what we did. So we then started making short films. Just help our listeners a little bit. What's the what does it mean to be a national touring company? How does that relate to a regional theatre? Like, for example, you mentioned the Crucible in Sheffield. Um, and how does that relate to the West End? And what does that mean, the West End? Good question, Mark. So um, as a national touring company, we get funded by the Arts Council um, and the Arts Council fund a lot of the theatre companies and theatres across the country to some, some degree or another. And we tend to do at least one long tour every year. So we'll open at the beginning of the year, usually in February, March, um, and then we'll tour to maybe 15 different theatres around the country, places like Leeds Playhouse, uh, which is a regional theatre, Sheffield Crucible, we mentioned before, which is a regional theatre, but we go all the way down south to Salisbury Playhouse, which is in the southwest, um, and London theatres too. So we will go, we will play there for a week, so we'll arrive, set up the show, um, broadsides are unique in that we play spaces of all shapes and sizes. So we will go from uh, a theatre that's in the round, meaning the stage is right in the centre and the audience are seated around in four sides. And then we'll go to a theatre that is end on, which just means that um, you're playing to an audience who are straight in front of you. And, and we will arrive, change the way we perform it and open on the same day. Uh, and then we'll move to the next theatre. Um, so we've been doing, uh, that's been the pattern for the last 30 years and we're continuing that. But we're also making more work that's made by and for our communities here in Calderdale, uh, which is the borough in which Halifax sits. Um, and particularly, uh, we're developing deeper ties with the communities in Park, which is the ward in Halifax where St Augustine's Centre is. Yeah, that's great. Um, tell you us asked about, me about the West End. I did, you? yes. Tell, <laughs> tell us about that. What's that phrase mean and what's, what's it mean in terms of uh, the theatre? Sure. So the West End is um, commercial um, theatres in London. And commercial meaning that they're run by private theatre owners and private theatre producers are staging shows. And it's specifically as uh, 
to make money. <laughs> so that's the difference is that you're seeing a lots of big musicals because that's what people will want to, could, they, those shows can run for years and years. And really to make money in the West End, your show needs to run for a good long time. So some plays will come into the West End for short runs if the producer thinks they can make some money on it. Um, but normally um, it gets clogged up with commercial musicals because that's where the money is. So um, the West End is the most high profile bit of our industry, but it's in some ways makes the least interesting work <laughs> because, um, because it's not necessarily artist led. Although some things um, fall through the cracks, you get the odd really exciting piece of work in the West End just because people get excited. So there's a play, a musical called Everyone's Talking About Jamie, for example, that's now in the West End. But that started at Sheffield Theatres and it's about a young lad in Sheffield who wanted to go to his prom, his you know end of year ball, uh, dressed uh in drag so basically dressed as a woman um and that caused a huge furore at the school and a documentary was made about him and this was then turned into this really life-affirming feel-good musical that's um, still running in the west end so there is a certain connection between some shows that come from regional theatres and end up in the West End, but that is quite rare. Okay, and so the regional theatres that you're talking about, which is where you often do your performances, they are that uh, they will um, put on some plays of their own, but they will also bring in companies like you to perform things. Have I understood that right? Yes, exactly right. There's lots of theatres around the country who just bring touring work in as well, who don't make their own plays. Usually when you're talking about regional theatres, it means it refers to a theatre that's funded by the Arts Council to both make their own work and have visiting companies. Exactly right. And, and where does the, you mentioned the Royal Shakespeare Company, where does that fit into all this? So there are um, a handful, mm, maybe not even a handful, there's two national companies. And that's the RSC, the Royal Shakespeare Company. They're based in Stratford, um, which is uh, in the Midlands. And, and the, obviously... birth, the birthplace of, uh, of uh, Shakespeare. Exactly right. So you can go on a great day out. You can go to Shakespeare's birthplace. You can go to Anne Hathaway's cottage, which is where his wife grew up. And you can go and see a play. So it's a really nice day out. Um, the one thing about the West End and the RSE is they both also cater for tourists um, because tourists love to come to London and to Stratford and spend their money on going to the theatre because it's such an English institution. Um, and then there's the National Theatre and the National Theatre is in London on the South Bank and they have three theatres within one building and they do maybe up to 20 22 shows a year and in all the different spaces and they get the most money from the Arts Council, both the RSC and the National Theatre as our two national companies. 
That's great. That's really helpful. And um, just to explain to listeners, the West End is called West End because it's the west side of London, in the central part of London. And uh, certainly I've been to a number of plays there over the years, a number of the theatres. And there are, I don't know how many there are there, Laurie, you may know, but within quite a small area, sort of a couple of square miles, there are a a significant number of these commercial theatres, aren't there? Probably 30 to 50. And um, there's one, there's one road called Shaftesbury Avenue. And you can look down Shaftesbury Avenue and you can see theatre, 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 theatre. There's like about eight all down that road or one after the other. And so that's really the heart of what we refer to as theatre land. Yeah. And you also mentioned Broadway and Broadway, of course, is the American equivalent of that. And that's in New York. And is, right. and is literally the road where the street with a, a large number of the of the uh, American theatres. Yeah, although it's interesting when you first go to New York and go to Broadway, you realise that most of the Broadway theatres are not on Broadway. <laughs> they're um, they're mu- they're much more spread out really than in London, and they're um, but but Broadway is a street that cuts across them all really. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's that's the equivalent. very interesting, Laurie. So just to wind things up, what what are the future plans for Northern Broadsides? What are your next projects, and how do you see the the period, the immediate period after what you, as you rightly say, has been a very difficult period for for you as for many people, including in the arts. Well, so two things worth mentioning are we're planning at the moment our next touring show, which will start. Um, touring next spring and that will be a Shakespeare play Um, we're looking to work with LGBTQ artists so lesbian, gay bisexual, trans um, queer artists to explore the play because the play is a lot to do with desire, love gender, gender roles people changing gender So that's our next project. It's also the most musical of Shakespeare's plays. It's got lots of songs written into it, which broadsides love. We love that because we like to, um, our our productions are bold and very accessible and always full of life and music. And then we're also starting a project in the autumn for um, service uh, centre users based in St. Augustine's. So if anyone's interested who is at the centre, we are looking for people who are interested in developing their English, uh, write, doing creative writing, whether that's poetry, plays, stories, and potentially telling their story. Um, and we're looking to start that in the autumn. So do get in touch with St. Augustine's if you want more information, because we'll be contacting people soon about that ongoing project. And it will be a weekly, a weekly sessions, but we also hope to um, gradually build up to a performance. Thanks very much, Laurie. And and just to say a big thank you from the St. Augustine Centre because you are an important partner to us. And, uh, you know, as you've just described, um, doing some really important and interesting work with our centre members. So we're, we're very grateful for that partnership, Laurie. Language support. 
This is the part of the podcast where I choose a few words and phrases from the episode and talk about them. Today I'm starting by saying a little bit about the word play because we use the idea of a play as being a work of drama that is put on in a theatre or in a, an area for performance. Um, there will be a written version of the play and then it will be performed. Of course, the word play can also mean to play a sport. Uh, children can play games. So it is a form of entertainment of some sort. And obviously that relates to the idea of a play in the theatre. You can talk about actors playing a part. So they take on a role in the theatre. You would normally say that people would put on a play or perform a play in a theatre. Laurie talked about the choreography of a particular play. Choreography is usually used in relation to dance or performances like ballet. And the choreography there is about the organising of how the performers are going to do that particular dance or that piece of movement within the play. Laurie talked about the Arts Council. The Arts Council is a government funded agency that distributes money and promotes a whole range of artistic activities. Uh, it gives it to artistic organisations like Northern Broadsides um, and to theatres and to artists themselves. I'm going to choose two phrases from this episode. Laurie talked about the West End getting clogged up by musicals. If something is clogged up, it means there's so much of something that actually it's not necessarily working very well or it's difficult for anything else to happen in that space. So you can talk about a machine getting clogged up if there's too many things in the machine or something that's not supposed to be there. In this case, Laurie is saying there are so many, probably too many musicals in the West End and that that clogs up the West End and there isn't room perhaps for other types of plays. And then he talked about some things that fall through the cracks. So something that falls through the cracks is something that's not noticed or dealt with. So in this case, Laurie was saying that there are some very high quality dramas that do find themselves into the West End, but they kind of don't get noticed because of all the musicals and more commercial activities that go on there. You can also talk about people falling through the cracks. For example, if someone is wanting support or some financial help, but they don't quite meet the criteria. For example, you know, they haven't been in the country long enough or to do with where they live or how old they are, then you could say they have fallen through the cracks of the support 
and the welfare available to them. That's it for this week. I hope you found that an interesting episode. If you want to find out more about this podcast, about the activities of our centre and how you can support us, and how to get the transcript, that is the written version of this podcast and all the others in the series, then stay listening for information about our website and email addresses. Otherwise, we will be back with you again very soon. Meanwhile, stay safe and keep practising your English. You can get the transcript for this episode and all others through our website www.saintaugustinescentrehalifax.org.uk That's also where you can find out how to support our work, including making a donation. You can contact us by email. We have a specific email address for this podcast, which is English for Life in the UK at gmail.com and there is also a general email address for the centre info at St Augustine's Centre Halifax.org.uk I'll spell out all of those so the website S-T-A-U-G-U-S-T-I-N-E-S-C-E-N-T-R-E-H-A-L-I-F-A-X dot org, that's O-R-G, Dot UK. The email English for spelt F O R Life in the UK and the general email info at is I N F O at and then the same as the website address. Thank you and be back with you again soon.